0: Welcome to the Here's What I'm Seeing podcast, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined in studio by my co-hosts, Cynthia Culver and Jeff Streza. So guys, we talked about playlists last time, right? And uh, I've been on Spotify lately, and we were driving back from Waco this past weekend, and for some reason, I got on like a 70s kick. Listening to all this 70s music did remind me of one of my highlights in college, which was uh, I was in a fraternity, and for some reason, we did this 80s party every spring and uh and again this is not going to make sense because at this 80s party we would always have four brothers would always dress up like kiss and they would show up and kind of do a lip sync competition which never made sense for the 80s party you know because kiss really started in the 70s but anyway we you know we were young and we didn't ask many questions so one year i think i was a junior i finally got asked to be a part of kiss and i got to dress up and it was um that might have been the highlight of my life was getting to dress up in that. And so my buddy, uh, one of my friends, Ken and Walker, he created all this stuff out of cardboard and paint and painted our face. And I mean, he took our shoes and put these risers on them. And I remember, I mean, it took us hours to get ready. And I remember very, I mean, like I see it in my mind's eye right now, walking out into that party for the first time. And we are literally a foot and a half taller than everybody else in the party. And as soon as we walk in, just all the energy, everybody looks over at us. And, I mean, for the next four and a half minutes, I I literally lived like a rock star, and it felt amazing. I felt like I could do anything, right? Being being a part of all of that. And so uh, I start with that because I was being an imposter uh, at at that party. I really, truly was not. You're Paul, not Kiss. No, I okay. was not Paul Stanley. Okay, um, that's who I was. Oh, by the you, way. Were I not Gene you were? you were wondering. Okay, no, I was not Gene Simmons. I wasn't Peter Chris. And so uh, I was Paul Stanley. I was the lead singer. Right. And so anyway, it felt amazing. And sometimes it feels good to be an imposter, right? Like it does maybe at a costume party or at a ridiculous fraternity party when you dress up like Kiss. But uh, that's not the imposter thing that we're going to talk about today, because what we're going to talk about today is this other idea called the imposter syndrome that doesn't feel like you can conquer the world when you're struggling with the imposter syndrome. Cynthia, why don't you give us a definition? So when we say imposter syndrome, what is the imposter syndrome?
1: A definition by Richard Gardner says that um, an imposter syndrome is the perception of feeling inadequate or fraudulent despite actually demonstrating the capabilities, which I think is key. That is, and then yeah. it says people experiencing imposter syndrome feel as though they are underperforming in comparison to their peers.
0: Uh, so read that one more time because I think that's a, that's a helpful definition.
1: Yeah. The imposter syndrome is the perception of feeling inadequate or or fraudulent despite actually demonstrating capabilities. Okay. Which, And I love that piece, too, about it's the perception. Yep. And it's not like, you know, I'm I'm applying to be an astronaut and, oh, I'm an imposter because yeah. I don't have the skills. Right. It's having those skills. Yeah, so. we're
2: going to talk about that today, how powerful perception is for leaders to really stay congruent with what we would call their social mirror, the people yeah. around them. And, you know, because of anxiety and isolation and ambiguity, um, those things can really skew the perception of ourself and our and our value contribution
0: yeah so Jeff what are some of the causes of this because I think we'd all nod our head in agreement to going okay yeah I kind of understand what that yeah. is I've been through some seasons like that in my life but what are the causes because I think that's interesting
2: I've really seen this show up mostly with leaders that are going through role transitions either through promotion or job change or new technology platforms um, and they're, they're just sort of in the middle of something and can begin to really feel insecure about um, being productive and being perceived as um, having a work ethic, and it can really run deep if gone unchecked. And I, I've seen many very successful and talented people go through kind of a funk where they just don't feel connected Um, and adding value to the organization.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine that uh, right now in the middle of this pandemic that there's a lot of people that have gone through change and and their roles are different now because businesses have changed, uh, nonprofit organizations have changed, and so you're maybe playing a new role. You've got to exercise some new skills, and so there could be Uh, Another epidemic going on out there of imposter syndrome in a lot of organizations right now. Is that fair?
2: I think virtual uh, workplace has created a lot of insecurity for people that that aren't able to connect socially and sometimes sort of just being visibly seen and engaging in face-to-face meetings is where a lot of value is added. And people have had to really change up their their contributions and the way they communicate. And so I've I've coached and talked to a lot of people through feeling insecure during this time. Yeah.
1: Well, and I would add to that, people that are when people are starting a job, a role in the pandemic, and they actually don't meet in person. Yeah. Like that's a whole new level of how do you connect? Yeah. Virtual onboarding is yeah. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'd add that.
0: Yeah, but and so that may be one of the symptoms of it. Is, again, somebody maybe has heard this definition and they're going, oh, I, I still don't know if I struggle with that. But if there is this feeling of insecurity that I don't know if I'm doing my job well, I don't know if I'm performing Uh, to meet the expectations that are on me right now, that may be an indicator that you're struggling a little bit with some of this imposter syndrome, right?
2: Right. I agree with that. Yeah, I think imposter syndrome really manifests itself when it's gone unchecked over time. It's not just, you know, a a month of being unclear about a project. It's really when it's kind of gone gone on too long and someone really begins to isolate and just, you know, Play tricks on their mind with, with insecurities. Right.
1: Yeah. And I would add to that, one of the things that as I was thinking about this topic, I think I see so many people that in their careers, they're struggling. And it's usually a result of the way that they're thinking about things. Mm. So I was thinking on this in terms of some of the causes could be that our baseline thoughts are kind of an old narrative, maybe a narrative we grew up with in school, like I'm not smart enough or I'm not, you know, the A-plus student or I'm not this or I'm not that. And so those particular narratives that are – not new to us. We get into a, a situation and they get triggered. And may, maybe they don't get triggered. Maybe we live with it, actually. Yeah. But but there are situations where they get triggered and our minds, we go back to this old way of thinking. And so that maybe it's part of, you know, part of our way of thinking. And then I was thinking specifically about the failure mentality mm. that I, I that is I see in coaching I think that is one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people is people get caught up on, if I fail, then uh, it's, you know, I- I'm in trouble. Or if I fail, I can't fail. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be be perfect in this. And the reality is creating a new narrative around that is really important. So
2: Yeah, I think perfectionistic type behavior – Um, is just so difficult for people right now. I mean, pursuing excellence is one thing, but when that turns into perfectionism and and critical thinking and critical thinking towards others, the ambiguity will just make it go off the charts.
0: So if somebody is really struggling with imposter syndrome and they feel like uh, there's this perception that they don't add up, do they eventually become driven by fear then, like fear of being found out that, uh, hey, somebody's going to— figure out I'm not the right person for this role, and now I'm behaving differently.
2: Is yeah, I think one of the manifestations is just sort of CYA activity, right? It's yeah. just sort of trying to just stay busy and look productive, and but not really feeling connected to uh, the purpose of the mission or the objectives uh, of, of the goal. And, you know, that, that can be really troublesome for right. someone.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's hard because then when you're operating out of fear, you're not leading. You're not thinking creatively. You're not uh, thinking about the big picture of the organization. You know, right. you're not thinking about leadership things. You're focused on yourself. Right, right. and your courage so, goes down. Right. You,
2: I, obviously, you know, I, I'm, when I, when, if I'm struggling in that way, I'm less likely to speak up and, and, and speak my truth or challenge a situation. Yeah. And yeah. You're,
1: not, you're not thriving at a minimum.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, it it seems to be uh exhausting is what it what it feels like. You know, where you're trying to you're wondering if you're going to be found out, you know, if you get if your boss calls you in for a meeting, it's like uh-oh. That's got to be exhausting. The fear has got to be exhausting uh that just that constant insecurity that trying to put up this facade and pretend like you're somebody that you're not. Uh, this doesn't sound like a fun existence for a lot no, of people. It's
1: kind of the opposite of that kiss example.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everybody deserves to feel like they're a foot and a half for four, taller for four minutes. For four and a half minutes while singing rock and roll all night. But anyway, <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about some principles to keep in mind if somebody finds themselves right now struggling with the imposter syndrome. And so, Jeff, the first one here, the first principle that we're going to talk about is that you've got to really just start by acknowledging what you're feeling, right? So why don't you unpack that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think it's important if you're listening to this podcast and this is beginning to describe some of the ways you're feeling you've been feeling feeling lately about your professional roles, you just got to get it out of your head and you got to talk to somebody about it. I would encourage you to start with a trusted friend or a mentor or a colleague, and you don't necessarily have to say, well, I have to sit down and talk about my imposter syndrome. I would just start talking about some of the ways you've been feeling maybe disconnected or insecure or not... Uh, receiving the kind of feedback that you want. And, and um, that that's a really good place to start um, because you, you kind of got to give what I would say some psychological air to that. You, yeah. You got to let it breathe and get it out. Otherwise, it'll just ruminate inside your head and it'll just continue to create insecurity.
0: Yeah. So if they do go and talk to somebody, do you think, Cynthia, it is a good idea to say, hey, I think I'm struggling with <laughs> imposter syndrome because that... That may, they may may run to Wikipedia as well to go, what is that? So would you suggest somebody use that language? Do you think that's helpful?
1: That's a good question. I I don't know that I'd say, I think I, I, I don't know that I'd have to name it. Yeah you know, I think I'm struggling with feeling some insecurity about my role. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Just to go, um, yeah, to go that level lower, not to, not to label it, but just to go, yeah, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling some role confusion right now, or what else could they say? Yeah.
2: And and, in fact, I think, um, I think the intent here is in this podcast, not to sort of put a label on it necessarily. It's just to describe the symptoms that you may be feeling. We're just, we're just sort of trying to put it in some sort of a category so that you can wrap your head around it. That's really good. Yeah. That this, so you
1: can know you're not alone yeah. in this, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not about necessarily putting the name on it as right. much as, you know, I've got a delusion of some kind. Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: right. This is not a uh, a psychoanalysis. No, this isn't a, a uh, some sort of a struggle that you have. This is just a category to go, that's yeah. Right. And, and also, I mean, I think this is, goes worth saying it. We haven't said it yet. I mean, we've all been there, right? Yes. Everybody has struggled with this at some point in their career. And, uh, and so that's, could be comforting to a lot of people too, to know, that's right. you know, Hey, uh, and, and I remember back in the, you know, before I was doing what I'm doing now, as I spent about a decade as a CPA that after every promotion, there was a, what did they do? You know, why did they do this? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Some of that's just the life of being a professional that you're always, always feel like you're a little bit over your head. And so yes. you get a little bit more comfortable with some of that ambiguity, and and trying to stop that self-talk to go now this is a an identity that I'm carrying around as a fraud. Uh, you don't want to go that far. You that's just go right. no. I've been here before. It's, this is a new role. This is a new client. This is uh, a new season in our business right now. I'm going to figure this out this right. time. Just I'm like a little I did.
2: over my skis, and and I just have to keep working at this until I gain a new a new level of confidence. Yeah,
1: that's right. And yep. and the confidence, the feelings of confidence follow follow that. Yep. follow the behavior. That's so, right.
0: That's good. So start by acknowledging what you're feeling. And so that could just be, uh, you know, whatever you do, if it's, you're out on a walk and just talking to yourself and just going, Hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. It could be journaling. Um, And somehow just acknowledging it, don't try to hide it. And then, Jeff, as you said, number two there is to go and talk with others about it. And just uh, you don't have to use the label of imposter syndrome, but just talk about some of the insecurities that you're feeling right now, areas where you're confused. And so uh, principle number three, Jeff, is this is just to take action on something. So uh, what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, I think one of the ways that you can take action on this is to, um, especially with a supervisor or somebody who has some responsibility in, in your professional role in your work um, is to come to them and just seek role clarification. I yeah. think that's coming from the other direction when we do a lot of leadership training and coaching. We're always trying to help leaders and supervisors um, go through periodic uh Uh, times where they're sitting down with their employees and they're re-clarifying the role. I think that's one of the biggest employee relations stumbling blocks is role confusion. And so it's not a job description discussion. It's more about, hey, I've been involved in this project for a while. It's winding down. What thoughts do you have about the first quarter of next year? Um, I know it's kind of a new learning curve for me. And then the action part is to be proactive and to look for ways you can add value that you can um, help those around you with projects and initiatives and kind of get outside of your box a little bit. That's
0: right. I I heard it said really well a few years ago that leaders remove confusion, right? That that's one one of the things that a leader does. And what that doesn't mean, though, is if you are not the boss, the, quote, boss of your organization, and you feel like there's role confusion, that doesn't mean you just sit there and wait for the leader That's to exactly remove right. confusion.
2: Uh, many times I will, in my coaching discussions, I will I will encourage people to take responsibility for their own careers. Take responsibility for your own role clarity, and I think sometimes if we're waiting and waiting and waiting... Look, it's, it's it's kind of a crazy, chaotic time right now, yeah. and so we've got we've to give our senior leaders a little bit of a break and not just think that they're going to come and sit down and just make us feel better. Yeah. Well,
1: and not assume that they can read your mind. I think mm. so often that's one of the things I've been learning is just that people assume when they look up to their leaders that they know everything or they know what's going on in their mind, and you really can't. You've got to go to them, and you've got to be open and have that open dialogue.
0: Yeah. That's really good. So if you're sitting there and you're confused and your leader's not saying anything about it, initiate the conversation. That that's, uh, is a completely appropriate conversation. Uh, to have with your boss to try to take action on something there. And that may be what you need to take action on. Uh, Cynthia, another principle that somebody could apply if they're struggling with some of this, and it really is asking themselves a question, and it's this, ask yourself, what is more true? Yes. I, I like that. Why don't you unpack that?
1: Yeah, what is more true is just, um, it's a, a way, another way of looking at it. So often, I feel like we get really narrow in our focus, mm. and we only see part of the puzzle. And this is really backing out and going, what is more true about the situation? And you did it just a minute ago when you were talking about your um, promotions in yeah. the CPA world, you were like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. I've been here before. I've done this before. I, I my skis are a little bit out or I'm what you say? I'm a little yeah. out over, over my, sk- I'm over my skis. So I am a little bit out of my comfort zone, but what's more true is I've got the qualifications. I've done the work. I have the capabilities. Yes, this is new. This feels awkward. This feels uncomfortable. I feel a little underconfident, if that's a word. Yeah. But
2: doggone it, people like me. That's
1: right. <laughs> right? That's
0: right. Well played. Yes. I like. The that. Yeah, and that is good. And and some of that, um, you know, if we were to talk about trusting those who are above you in the organization, sometimes you just need to trust them that they knew what they were doing yes. when they assigned you to this role or to this project or this promotion. So you maybe don't feel it yet. That's right. But somebody saw it in you, and you need to believe that
1: somebody believes in you. Yeah. As a person, or they wouldn't have hired you. That sounds
0: like a show tune. It does. It (laughs) does, and they like me. That's good. All right. So, ask what is more true. Um, And so, you've alluded to this a little bit, Cynthia, in the beginning with our fifth principle here. But let's talk about it more. Rewriting your narrative around failure. Right. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. So, I I think failure is one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people because we all fail, but somehow or another, in that perfectionistic world, we think we're going to get up, you know, as a toddler, and we're. to walk and we're never going to fall. And as we become adults and we're like, no, that's not how we used to operate. Right. You know, we were growing up, but we do become that way where we think if we fail, it's a huge deal. And the reality is, you fail all the time or you should. And and if we fail, then it's like it's part of becoming successful, it's part of growing. Failure is part of that. If you're not failing, you're probably being too conservative.
2: Yeah, one of the things I would add here, if you're listening, is to replace the word failure replace that construct with learning or learning curve or I'm in a learning mode. Yes. um, That is, um, you're going to be much kinder on yourself and others if you embrace more of a learning mind or a learning attitude. And... People that go through learning curves go through periods of insecurity and, and they don't feel great about something. Uh, but the sort of the, the failure construct can be like how am I ever gonna get out of that? Well, yeah.
1: and I think that's exactly what I'm saying. You're you're reiterating it perfectly, is create the new narrative. Yeah. It's not failure, it's learning, it's growing, it's taking risks. And so you're just you're you're rewording it in a lot of ways. You're reframing it. You're looking at the bigger picture. Hey, in order for me to get here, this is part of what I have to do. And this is a, a way that a way that I'm going to learn. And so yes, using different language to reframe it for yourself. I just think so often, so many people don't have a good um, definition of that. And so I think that they get hung up there.
0: Yeah. I used to say, um, it was probably, I don't know, maybe a decade or so into my career after a couple of maybe one or two promotions and a couple job changes where this this language was, um, it just, it sucks to be the new guy. Uh, Mm. It's always the worst to be the new person. And I think what it really is is just this learning curve. It was a way to be gentle and to be kind with myself to just go, you're just learning. And it was another way to look at it the negative way is I was failing every day. But that that wasn't really what was going on. It really was just learning. And it helped stave off some of that that imposter syndrome to just go, oh, they shouldn't have have hired me. They didn't know what they were doing. I'm never going to figure this out. Yeah. And just it is always that has been some of the most stressful times in my career have been the first six months after a new role or a new job. And um and it's so it's just it's bad to be the new person. Yeah. And that's just something we yes. all go through.
1: I, I it's so interesting. When I um so I was a counseling for years and years and worked with people for probably fifteen years before I started coaching and I met with a a coach and she had been coaching for, I don't know, fifteen years or so. And so I remember sitting with her and just being like, you know, what do I need to do? All this stuff, feeling totally underconfident. And she looked at me and she was like you know, you really have the whole package. You just don't have the confidence. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and going, what, really? Like, are you serious? Like, so clueless. But it was that time that I was like, I I don't I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm in a new space. And, and it was a little bit like, no, but you've been working with people for a long time. Yeah. You know, you know. And I so, think that's
2: a great example of your showing up with humility, but she challenged your insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so let's not, mix the two up. You know, being humble and approaching a learning curve or or ambiguity is a terrific character trait. But when it begins to slide into insecurity and self-doubt, then that's not the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Okay, let's move on to principle 6. This will be the last one that we'll talk about. So, uh so Cynthia, this is another question that uh that you would ask and it's kind of wordy. Right. Hang out here though, but I like what you're saying. It says this. So, if you knew what you were doing, what then would you be doing? and then go and do that, right? <laughs> so right, so right. it's really kind of uh, get outside of yourself and go, okay, so right now you don't feel like you know what you're doing. So if you did, let's just pretend you did know what you were doing, then what would you do in this situation? Is this a
2: culverism coming, just, up, coming our way? <laughs>
1: I think Adam has come up with it. I love I, okay,
0: I sure. it. It's tracking with me. I like it. So if you knew what you were doing, what would you do? And then just go do that. Do I, it I like anyway, yes. yes.
1: So it's like what, So if you were confident and you were like, this is what I would be doing in this situation as a confident person, Go and do that. Yes, like that's how you do it, and and your feelings will follow eventually. Mm. And so it is about identifying what would I be doing if I were living this life, if I were trying to to be this kind of an employer, pr- trying to be this kind of a boss and then go do that no matter how you feel.
0: Yeah. So I like that. So it it's really like what advice would you give yourself or or what advice would you give a friend if they were describing your situation to you, you know? Cuz it's always easier. Jeff, I can always tell you what you need to do in your life. That's way easier to do that than it is in my own life. And so that's what I like about that question is that it gets you outside of yourself and says, all right, well, just coach yourself here for a second. Exactly. Pretend you, you know what you're doing.
2: What would you do right now? I think there's some ways, like I love the idea of coach yourself. Obviously, we've talked about a mentor and a friend and talked to others, but sometimes you just need to, to quiet your mind, you know, journaling and, and you know, quiet thoughts or quiet time ways to kind of settle your mind down and your racing thoughts and really encourage to have even a daily practice of that kind of yeah. thing.
0: Okay guys, I like that a lot. So let me just read this definition one more time. The imposter syndrome is this perception of feeling inadequate or fraudulent despite actually demonstrating capability. So you've got this inadequate feeling, you feel like a fraud, you feel like you're going to be found out, but you actually are the right person for the role. Uh, You actually do have the capabilities. And so what are some things you need to do? Acknowledge what you're feeling, talk to others, take some action, ask yourself what's more true, think about and rewrite this narrative around failure. And uh, if you knew what you were doing, what would you do? And then go do that. I like that. I think that's going to be really helpful to a lot of people. So, Cynthia, as we close this out, uh, you just read a story recently that I yes. think is a great kind of bow tie on this uh, this episode. So, why don't you share this story? Yeah.
1: So, uh, I was reading uh, Valerie Young. She does imposter syndrome.com and, and she was saying that she's been talking about the imposter syndrome for years, and she would, that she would always end her talks with 10 things you should go and do. And she kept Consistently had people come up to her and say, So, so what else would you do? And she was like, Well, I just gave you a list of ten things. How many of you them have you done? And they would they would always say none. And she would be like, Well, why don't you try and go you do the things I've already given you? And she goes, What I finally realized is that most people want to walk in the room feeling like an impostor and walk out of the room not feeling like an impostor. That's good. And the, the and she said, She was like, But the feelings are the last to change. Mm. And that just fits with everything we've been talking about. It is, about.
0: yeah. And I think you've alluded to it, but that is so helpful. I mean, over all of this, because somebody might be driving around right now going, not helpful, Yeah. right? Like, <laughs> I'm struggling with this, and I still feel the exact same way I did when I uh, started exercising, when I started driving to work. And so this is not helpful. And I think what we're saying here and what, what Valerie would be saying there is, hey, just just work the process. Yes. Uh, work the process. The feelings are the last thing to change. That's really encouraging uh, to remember. So... Uh, guys, as always, great to be in studio with both you guys. Hey there, podcast listeners, Adam Tarno here, and I want to take a moment and just say thank you. The response that we have received to the first few episodes of this humble little podcast has been so encouraging. Thank you to everybody who are sending us text messages, and thanks for the emails and the LinkedIn comments, and those of you that are sharing this resource on LinkedIn, all of it. We have just been overwhelmed and a little bit shocked uh, at how encouraging you guys all have been. We want to keep up the momentum, so please be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already and keep sharing this resource. We want this to be helpful to everybody that's on the front lines of life and leadership right now. So thank you so much, and we'll talk to you guys all again next time.